Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Gregory Melville and Susan Fox and Kathleen Bromage. This is where we live on Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. The Me Too movement gained prominence in 2017, putting all industries on notice. Sexual harassment should not be tolerated in the workplace. But not all workplaces have HR departments to require harassment training and enforce codes of conduct. Today, where we live, we talk about the conversations happening in the beer industry after hundreds of stories from mostly women were shared on social media earlier this month. They detailed workplace discrimination and allegations of sexual harassment and assault. The online movement led a South Windsor brewery to fire a staff member after the owners became aware of sexual harassment allegations. Coming up, we talk to Connecticut women in the brewing industry, and we hear how local companies have responded. And we want to hear from you. Do you work at or own a local brewery? What conversations are happening to confront sexist, even racist behavior? You can join our conversation, 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-WNPR. You can also share a comment on our Facebook page or find us on Twitter at Where We Live. Joining us first on Zoom is Jessica Infante, a reporter at Brewbound. It's a trade publication based in Newton, Massachusetts. Jessica, welcome to the show. Hi, Lucy. Thank you so much for having me. So as I mentioned, we know the Me Too movement really took off several years ago and it forced this conversation about company policies and workplace culture. But in the brewing industry, that moment's happening right now. Tell us how an Instagram post really ignited these conversations and some actions at breweries around our country. Right. Well, it began earlier this month on May 11th, uh, as you mentioned, Brienne Allen, who's the production manager at Notch Brewing in Salem, Massachusetts was back on a work site, her brewery's expanding to a second location. So, you know, after basically a year of quarantine, Brienne had, you know, been working, you know, at home and with her coworkers and she's on this work site and she received several comments from contractors on the site who didn't believe that she could be a brewer, were shocked that she could help carry heavy things. And she just kind of had enough. So the end of that day, she goes home, posts on her own Instagram stories from her personal account and uses the question function to ask what other sexist comments women in beer have faced. And she received so many. So she began sharing them. And they started out, you know, the the microaggressions that happen where people don't believe that you can like beer or be knowledgeable about beer because they have a lot of preconceived notions about, you know, who enjoys beer and who beer is for. But then they started to escalate. And Brienne started getting stories from women sharing workplace discrimination, sexual harassment, some really harrowing tales of sexual assault. And she shared all of them. And you know, companies were named, sometimes specific people were named. And in the weeks since that's happened, we've seen quite a fallout in the industry with a lot of high level terminations and resignations and a lot of breweries coming forward to make statements about how they won't tolerate it in their workplaces either. When we talk about the stories that have been shared, how many stories were shared and what were some of the stories that women and others decided to to finally say enough's enough. This is what's happened to me. So there's been about a thousand and they're really nationwide and they they run the gamut of at every level in the industry. There's several stories of, 
you know, women who work in tap rooms describing, you know, abusive customers and, you know, they make complaints and nothing is done about customers who say harassing things to them. There are people who, women who have come forward and made, you know, allegations against coworkers or, you know, colleagues at other industries. I mean, not in other industries, excuse me, but at other companies, touching them inappropriately during events. And there's even one instance I covered this week, a woman who was a co-founder and a co-owner of a brewery who was pushed out of her position by her co-owner. So it's really at every level. So before this Instagram post went viral, was there a whisper network where women in the industry were talking about, you know, certain people or companies where this is tolerated? Yeah. And I, before I came to Brewbound, I worked in the industry myself. So I've been around beer for, for almost a decade. And there, there has been a whisper network where people will, if they have a, an unpleasant experience with somebody, will warn their, their female friends about that person. And that's not common to beer. That's, that's not unique to beer, excuse me. It's mm-hmm. common everywhere. But there certainly was a lot of that going on, especially because, you know, beer is so social. And there's a lot of times there's social activities, there's festivals, there's events, and there's a lot of drinking going on. So women tend to speak to each other to help keep each other safe. Now, we should say many of these reports and stories that were shared were anonymous. And so as a journalist, you can't verify each and every claim, but you have been reporting on the fallout. There's been fallout even in our state, in Connecticut, where an employee was uh, fired. Can you talk about that at Connecticut Valley Brewing Company? Sure. So at Connecticut Valley Brewing Company, uh, the director of sales had been brought up in many of Brienne's posts in you know, very much in the beginning of, of the weeks of the viral reports was mentioned several times. And he had somebody who was a fixture in the industry. i uh, had been at many other breweries before this time. And women had reported receiving uh, inappropriate uh, pictures from him. That was a recurring theme in a lot of the accounts. So he was uh, dismissed from the company and the company at first didn't name him directly. They made a second post that did name him. And then he had made a post to his own social networks that has since also come down, you know, apologizing for his actions, sharing that he planned to make a donation to the Connecticut Alliance to End Sexual Violence. And that's been uh, probably the, the biggest dismissal we've seen, at least in the New England area. And when we talk about how companies have responded in our region, I mean, what are they saying? The, is it more statement than action at this point? Well, there this the statements really include plans for action. So that has yet to be seen. A lot of breweries are saying they're going to institute training and policies. And uh, some places have even said they're going to set up their own anonymous third party reporting. I think that will be probably one of the biggest things that will help women in the industry to be able to have some place to go to share what's happened to you without the fear of of any kind of fallout for you. I wanted to bring in another voice uh, into our conversation. Jess Bautista is a content creator at New England Brewing Company, and she's a craft beer Instagram blogger in our state. Jess, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So you've been involved in the craft beer scene for some time as a consumer. Now you're working in the industry. You have a popular Instagram account. So when you first saw these posts by this Salem, Massachusetts woman, Brienne Allen, how did you respond? You know, it would be, I I would love to say that I was so surprised, but it's something that happens all the time. And having been around beer for as long as I have, um, and now being part of the industry, I've met a lot of women and and talked with them. And we've had plenty of conversations um, on these kinds of topics, you know, so it's something that has been going on for a while. And 
And it was one of those moments where you're like, finally, we get to bring this to light and, and we can bring attention to it. And now we have to just act upon it to to be better. Jessica mentioned microaggressions that, that women have just uh, been gotten used to accepting, right? That this is the things that are said and the behavior that is accepted. But I wanted you to talk about some of the stereotypes you've seen firsthand, Jess, in the, the craft beer industry around women. Oh, definitely. It's um, it's always the, the first, I think, reaction or um, question that I guess you could say mostly men have on women and beer is, do you even like beer? Do you even drink beer? Do you know how to make beer? They question all of those things that you're there doing. So even though you're in those environments, in those brew houses, in those tap rooms, in, you know, the tap rooms consuming beer, they're still questioning you as to, are you even, like, are you even in the right place? And I've answered that question so many times to the point where I just get tired and, and, it's like clearly I'm I'm in the right place. I'm I'm here next to you consuming beer. Um, we're all in this together. So why is it that because I'm a woman I I shouldn't be allowed in in this kind of industry? So it's it's a question that happens all the time, and I'm sure women all over the place are constantly like, you know, if they had a penny for every time I got asked that question. Now we were talking about how women are perceived, but you're also Latina, and you're again in the craft beer industry. And so, how has uh, your identity again been questioned? Is this still a, an industry that is dominated by white men? I think women in from all walks of life are for sure coming into the craft beer scene, and we know that there's a lot more involvement. And um, I think it is a lot of white men still. Um, kind of dominate the industry, but me being a I'm an Ecuadorian, so being Latina is something that definitely separates me. So when I first started in the craft beer scene and going to events, meeting people, um, I was it was so hard for people to understand or to to welcome me, and for the simple fact that I'm not white, I'm not a man, and I'm this like person that typically they wouldn't see in, in their tap rooms. So it was a little bit of an adjustment, um, but I can say that our group of Latina drinkers, craft beer drinkers, is only growing, and it makes me so happy. You can join our conversation here on Where We Live as we talk about this moment that the beer industry is happen happening, having in not only our state but around our country. The number 888-720-9677 or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. Christina's calling in from Chester. Christina, go ahead. Hi, um, my name is Christina Cataret. I'm from Little House Brewing Company in Chester. Um, and, you know, just kind of started to touch on this, that um, there are just, like, we're lucky where we work that, you know, I'm respected by my owners, my management, but it, it is a growing problem with just men addressing women in general with general disrespect and things like that. And while the brewing industry is in the forefront right now, you know, it's, it's a matter of you're going to be hard pressed to find women anywhere who are not going through these things. And that's just been my takeaway this whole time is that, you know, my work experiences come from the music industry, but we have women dealing with this in their daily lives, in their personal and professional lives. And right now we have a chance to, to make a statement and to really bring light to this problem. And I think it's a great thing that we have women in the industry stepping up to do this right now. 
So, Christina, you mentioned you've been in the industry for some time. Women across all service industries are facing this as well. What are you hearing from even customers? Because it's also customers and how they respond to you and others in the industry because they're based on what stereotypes that women you know, don't belong. Right. And I think I think we're seeing it right now that our customers still aren't recognizing that this is a problem. Um, we're still bringing that to light for a lot of our customers. Um, for me personally, my worst experiences are just being ignored by them um, when they have an opportunity to come into the tap room and talk to me or my male counterparts. They choose to talk to my male counterparts. And it, it's discouraging and it, it is disheartening. And it's something that we're trying to counteract at Little House as well. Well, thank you, Christina, for your call. Again, you can join us, 888-720-9677, or find us on Facebook and Twitter, at Where We Live. I wanted to bring Jessica Infante back into the conversation. She's a reporter at Brewbound, been covering uh, these uh, stories across our country and how beer companies are responding. You know, I was thinking about some of the stories you've done uh, based around uh, our country, looking at Kansas City, Missouri, uh, a boulevard brewing company, how they've handled stories of pregnancy discrimination and sexual assault. But then I think about all these companies that are being bought up by these conglomerates like Duvel. Does it show, Jessica, that these companies have just become complacent to workplace issues? I think so. You know, the the so to to share with our with the audience really quickly what happened at Boulevard, they're based in Kansas City. And as you said, they're owned by Duvel Morcat, a, a Belgian conglomerate. They had uh, several pregnancy discrimination, sexual assault and harassment issues come through in late January. And I, in speaking with the VP of sales at the time, he described the situation to me as a quote, multi-system failure. So it really was happening at all levels in that company. Now I spoke with the founder, uh, John McDonald, who came out of retirement to take the helm after these issues came to light in January. And they did have some corporate executives come over from Europe and to visit after everything. And they did some interviews. And he told me that they felt comfortable with the the staff that was there and had confidence in everybody now that they've been able to clean house a little bit. But it really goes to show you, you can be one of the biggest craft breweries in this country and you can still have all of these same issues that are happening at breweries of every size from coast to coast. Can you break that break that down for us further, Jessica, when we think about the craft brewing world, the characteristics of this industry that make it especially problematic that you're having these issues go uh, without being addressed. When we think about how breweries first start, uh, sometimes they don't have, you know, HR uh, personnel. And when we think about uh, the experiences these customer-facing workers are dealing with every day. Right. I mean, you bring up a great point. They don't have HR. A lot of these companies are very tiny. And beer industry workplaces are often very casual and laid back. There's no formal HR. Staff can seem really close-knit. So reporting can be a little daunting because it can't always be anonymous, even if it is anonymous, you know? And a lot of, in some companies, the the owner is is right there working with you every day. So if they're part of the problem, who can you even really go to? Uh, Jess Bautista, who's still with us, uh, you know, I wanted you to respond to what we've been hearing from other women, including this reporter, Jessica Infante, about, you know, the, the characteristics of the brewing world that, you know, lead to these issues. Um, definitely. I think it's just a lack of acknowledgement um, and understanding that women are also equally as educated and driven in this type of field. So, for a, a woman to come in and be like wanting to be, um, you know, going into the brewing industry or, or wanting to manage a tap room, 
um, understanding that, that there's that same level and that equality um, of education, knowledge, and, and, you know, commitment to it just as the next person next to them. So um, for me, it's been a little bit different because I, I've, you know, been a consumer for a very long time and then I've been blogging about beer and now I'm also now within the beer industry. I've kind of seen all different types of of um, the beer industry in all these different ways. So speaking to, you know, coworkers and, and um, making sure that all of this is heard and that everybody understands that no matter what industry you're in, these types of things should never be tolerated, no matter how big or small these types of situations are. Um, and I think that's one thing that sometimes women think that, oh, well, my incident wasn't that significant. And that's kind of scary to think about because that could lead to anything, to a lot more down the line for that person. So no matter how big the incident is, it all matters. And that's important to be able to bring to light. And, and I'm, you know, like you said, a lot of breweries are taking action and putting out statements, which is great. Um, but I think at the end of the day, like everyone needs to address this within their own company, no matter what field that they're in. Again, you can join us as we talk about how the craft beer world, especially in our country and even here in Connecticut, is dealing with uh, some ramifications of an Instagram post shared uh, by a Salem, Massachusetts woman where uh, hundreds of stories uh, were shared detailing sexual harassment allegations and assault allegations, just toxic workplace culture. What needs to change in the brewing industry? Uh, that's what we're talking about today here on Where We Live. The number to join us, 888-720-9677, or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. Victoria is calling in from Groton. Hi, Victoria. Hi. Um, yeah, I'm calling from Groton. I'm the head brewer at Beard Brewing Company at our Groton location. And uh, I recently moved from Kansas this past year, and I actually moved, like, right after a big blowout happened at a Boulevard Brewing in Kansas City. And actually, one of my brewer friends was a person that made a Reddit post that went viral about um, how they mistreated her when she was pregnant. Um, and she ended up having to quit uh, because they were just so mean about it and were harassing her and uh and then there were a bunch of other things there and then you know those things are happening all over the country and it's like frustrating and uh honestly we're just like tired i guess of having to have these things or worry about these things happening and uh for me like i've been lucky that every brewery i've worked at like i've had a really supportive um, brewers around me and uh, like working here everyone's been really supportive at Beard and uh, but at like beer festivals you know patrons will be the ones that make comments sometimes like they're not they're surprised that I could be a brewer or something like that or vendors when they're delivering my grain they're like oh there's not a guy in the back that can help you you know <laughs> comments oh, like wow. that and <laughs> that's exhausting to have those comments co like constantly happen. It's like, no, that's not their job. It's my job, actually. This isn't my job description, so that's why I'm doing it. <laughs> you know, um, those things are just frustrating and exhausting, honestly. But um, I think it's a good thing that these conversations are happening. And here at Beard, like, our ownership and our HR person like have always been super supportive and uh, we do sexual harassment training when you start working and then uh, with all this happening like ownership and HR has been reaching out like being like 
are you comfortable if something happens? Like, will you say something? Um, we want to make sure you feel comfortable with like having these conversations within your organizations. Like those are some steps like to make sure these things don't happen. Um, you know, well, thank you, Victoria, for calling in and sharing some of your experiences uh, with the show. We really appreciate it. And I love to hear that you're the head brewer and you're telling those <laughs> those delivery men <laughs> the real deal. Thank you, Victoria, for calling in today. You can, too, at 888-720-9677 or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. Uh, Jessica and Fonte, I just wanted you to respond because Victoria was talking about what was going on with Boulevard in Kansas City. Yeah, so it was such a big story in beer at the time back in January. And I really thought that we would have had the reckoning that we're having right now back then. And I was a little surprised when it didn't come, but it was such a, a huge deal to see how terribly these women had been treated at such a large company that is almost 30 years old. And you would think they would have had systems in place to deal with this. Uh, she, Victoria referenced her friend with the Reddit post. That really was how everything started. A woman made a Reddit post over a weekend on Monday Boulevard, uh, came out with a statement saying that, no, you know, we investigated her claim and we found that nothing was wrong. They got so much blowback. They had to retract, post another statement acknowledging that that things were wrong. They terminated their chief financial officer for inappropriate behavior. The middle of the week, their president resigned. Uh, during the week, a, a woman came forward and was brave enough to share her story with me about having been sexually assaulted by a, a trusted coworker, an older coworker who she saw as kind of an uncle, fa a, uncle or father figure and really broke that trust. She went to the police, filed a complaint. Uh, she showed the police the, the messages she was still receiving from this coworker, and they instructed her that it would really be in her best interest to file a, a restraining order. She goes back to work, and HR at work tells her, well, why would you want to file a restraining order? You would only hurt him. Mm. Um, eventually, more, more stories of abuse at the hands of that coworker came to light, and they allowed him to retire rather than dismiss him and even threw him a retirement party. So you have to think how the victims of this man felt seeing that happen. Again, you're hearing Jessica Infante, a reporter at Brewbound, a trade publication based in Newton, Mass. We're going to keep talking with her after the break, but I want to take time to thank Jess Bautista for calling in, content creator at New England Brewing Company and a craft beer Instagram blogger. Jess, thanks for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. Now, coming up here on Where We Live, we're going to hear from more Connecticut women in the beer industry about what about what they'd like to see moving forward. And you can join us, too, 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-WMPR. Or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. Support for this podcast comes from Hartford HealthCare. Elevating Health is funded by Hartford HealthCare. Loneliness can be a significant health risk to people of all ages. Dr. Laura Saunders, a psychologist from Hartford HealthCare's Institute of Living, talks about social isolation and why we need to connect in person. Loneliness actually is a pretty significant health risk for people that struggle with social isolation. It affects their blood pressure, it affects their immune system, it affects your willingness to get up and get out and can cause some not just emotional issues, but health problems as well. You're not alone. Dr. Saunders explains how important it is for us to look to others and get out of our comfort zone. 
I like to talk about social isolation as not just that individual's problem, but it's a community problem or it's a family problem. We need to connect with others. We can take space at times as well, but we need to step out of our comfort zone and do things to connect with other people. It's life-saving. For more information, go to ctpublic.org slash health. This is where we live on Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. The craft beer industry continues to grow in our state. As of this month, there are more than 120 breweries in operation. That's according to the Connecticut Brewers Guild. Two women who work at breweries that are part of the guild are joining us now as we talk about how the beer industry is being forced to confront allegations of harassment and discrimination several years after the Me Too movement gained prominence. Joining us now on the phone is Mariah Billion. She's a taproom manager at Outer Light Brewing Company in Groton, Connecticut, and she's also the co-chair of the Pink Boots Society Connecticut chapter. This is an organization for women in the brewing industry. Mariah, welcome to the show. Good morning, Lucy. Thanks for having me. Also with us uh, on Zoom is Heather Wilson, CEO and head brewer at Hop Culture Farms and Brew Company in Colchester, Connecticut. Hi, Heather. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me as well. So I wanted to start with Mariah. I mentioned the Pink Boots Society. Tell us about this organization. So the Pink Boots Society is really in place to be um, an educational and um, supportive resource for women in the growing industry. Um, it's a nonprofit organization, so everything is done through fundraising. Um, but we can't say enough about the support that we always end up receiving, um, both from the public and from each other. Um, and I think, honestly, the biggest resource that's come out of this for me personally, and I know a lot of other people as well, is community. Um, having a sense of community, as we've seen through this movement, has been so monumental in making these changes. So it's very exciting to be a part of it. Now, Pink Boot Society has existed for some time. Obviously, a lot of camaraderie uh, among women in the industry. But can you talk more about the jobs in the brewing industry? We've heard from a head brewer earlier, and of course, Heather is one too. But when we talk about all of the different roles that women are filling in the brewing world, Mariah. Yeah, I mean, it is a huge spectrum. There are so many facet, uh, facets, excuse me, <laughs> um, to what goes into everything that you see on your shelves, um, especially for bigger companies, you know, they've got like their quality, uh, quality assurance departments and um, marketing departments. But um, for a small company like ourselves, I take care of the social media, the merchandising, um, the taproom management, uh, including working the shifts and making sure the maintenance is done that I know how to do, of course, <laughs> and having the knowledge. So I really commend the women that have um, taken on larger roles, like like Heather, you know, being an owner and kind of overseeing the whole operation. Um, there's a lot to it. <laughs> <laughs> Heather, again, you're the CEO and head brewer of your company. And so tell us about how you got started and what your job entails. Um, so my husband and uh, my in-laws and I own this business together. And uh, we actually started with a small hop growing operation. 
Uh, so we actually have been growing hops longer than, you know, we've had the brewery open, but so we're a farm brewery and we like to do farm to table beer. So initially, you know, I also um, have had my hand in some of the farming, you know, doing the hop farming as well. And then uh, we, my husband and I always joke, you know, we, once we started to kind of define that we were going to also open a, a brewery. One of us had to be the expert at each. So um, I always say my beer was way better than his and he would agree. Um, <laughs> so I ended up being the head brewer here. Um, you know, my my daily, I oversee all of the operations here. Um, I, I'm also, I guess you would say our CFO. I do all of our financials. I do all of our planning for growth. And then I also um, am, am the only one here that, that makes the product. Mm. So when we talk about uh, how this industry has been male dominated for so long, but there are definitely women in this field doing the work that you're doing and the other jobs that Mariah listed, you know, why is the culture still so toxic? I'll start with you, Heather. Um, well, I, you know, I, I thought a lot about this as I, all these allegations came to light and I, you know, felt I mean, I'm not surprised as well, because I just think as a woman within any industry, there's, you know, I don't know any woman that doesn't feel like they've had some kind of misogynistic behavior or sexual harassment toward, you know, towards them across lots of industries, which is, um, you know, it saddens me, but it's not surprising. And, you know, for me being at the helm of this company, I don't worry about being safe at work. I mean, I'm, I'm safe and respected here. So um, as far as, you know, why, why it's toxic, you know, across the country, it's hard for me to say, but it's really something that um, my husband and I talked about. And, you know, after all these allegations came to light, I I have a lot of strong female uh, leads in this place. I mean, women are the backbone of this place and we have a lot of really respectful men. So uh, I reached out to all of the women, you know, because you, as a business owner, you feel like you create a culture and I want to make sure that the culture that I feel like we've created here, which is of inclusivity, um, you know, and safety, if that's how it's really perceived from the staff. So, you know, I personally reached out to everybody to make sure it's so. And Mariah, what about you? Why do you think this is coming to a head? Um, obviously, the Instagram post that Brienne uh, shared uh, got people talking about this publicly, but it seems to be a problem that has been persisting for some time. You know, yeah, <laughs> um, it is so deeply ingrained in the culture. I mean, I came from the restaurant industry, uh, worked in restaurants for 10 years before switching over to beer. And it's, it's something that is very difficult to escape um, because, like you said, it's, it's been in the culture for so long um, that it's, it's kind of just people set in their ways. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, you know, this is the culture. That's just the way it is. You can either deal with it or not be a part of it. Um, and it shouldn't be that way. It should, it should be these men asking themselves, why they're treating women like this in their workplace. I mean, I'm, I'm there to go to work. I'm there to make a living. I shouldn't feel unsafe being there. Um, I've been extremely fortunate to work at a place like Outer Light where I have never been treated as lesser than um, by any of my coworkers, by either of the owners. They're awesome. Um, 
admittedly, the only people that I've caught it from are the customers because they come in, they see a woman behind the bar, and they either want to quiz you on your knowledge and try to catch you not knowing something, like proving that you're not supposed to be in your role. Uh, Like Victoria said, they'll tell you, like, oh, are you sure you're supposed to be lifting that? Like, are you sure you can carry that? Um, It's a lot of small comments, and then as we've seen through these posts, it's a lot of really big, uh, scary moments that these women are going through. Um, And they shouldn't have to. (laughs) How much does alcohol exacerbate these situations, especially when we're talking about customers, Mariah? Um, I would say that, you know, as someone who's taken, taken her tips courses and everything, uh, everyone knows that alcohol lowers your inhibitions. So if you're thinking of saying something completely ridiculous to the woman behind the bar, add a couple beers and you're probably just going to go for it. Um, beer events, as noted by the women that have spoken previously, are typically probably the worst just because there's so many people in one space. Um, I've had men come to the table asking for samples and then like, oh, if I buy a six pack, can I take you home? Like, no, take your sample and go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's uh, it's just kind of like a breeding ground for inappropriate behavior where people think that there's so many people there. Nobody's going to notice if they do something outlandish. Before I take some calls, you can join us, 888-720-9677. Heather, I wanted to go back to you. So what needs to change to to confront these stereotypes, but also to tell people that this behavior should not be tolerated? I mean, I think it starts within each individual, you know, brewery's culture, um, you know, creating a zero tolerance um, atmosphere and um, making the safe space for women to voice their concerns. I mean, not just women, but everybody to feel, you know, safe and voice their concerns at work. But I also really believe that we need more women in, um, you know, bigger positions across these institutions. I'm a big believer that there needs to be more equity in uh, the educational opportunities for women within craft beer, because if two, you know, two people are going for the same job, say on the production side of brewing, I feel like uh, empowering women with education and and credentials to say, I deserve to be here. I have the knowledge to be here would, um, you know, theoretically have more women being, be applying for those roles and maybe even opening their own breweries. You're hearing Heather Wilson here on Where We Live, CEO and head brewer at Hop Culture Farms and Brew Company in Colchester. Mariah Billion is also here, taproom manager at Outer Light Brewing in Groton and the co-chair of the Pink Boots Society, Connecticut chapter. This is an organization for women in the brewing industry. As we talk about how the industry is confronting allegations of sexual harassment and abuse, even racist behavior, you can join us, 888-720-9677. Kat's calling in from Ridgefield. Kat, what did you want to share? Hi, um, I am a brewer at Not Hill Brewery in Richfield. Um, I wanted to comment some more on customers, actually, because uh, I, I work in an incredibly uh, supportive work environment. Um, it's actually the least the least harassment or, or any sort of thing like that that I've ever received. Um, it's a beautiful job. 
and I, um, I work with wonderful people, but the thing that is out of our control, obviously, it, to some respect, are people who come into the brewery from the outside. Um, and I actually have a meeting with them in an hour after this uh, to discuss what to bring up at the next meeting, how to talk to people, how to make everyone feel like they can come to us and um, say, you know, share their stories, say something that happened at work and how we can address it. And um, I think it, it's on part, part on the shoulders of the other male staff sometimes to be able to say um, and support you and say like, Hey man, that, that really wasn't, <laughs> why are you talking to her that way? That really wasn't cool. Um, and support their female uh, staff members because men listen to other men, unfortunately better than they listen to women. So it's good to have a team to support you. Mm-hmm. Um and, and higher up to support you really like, uh, you know, I've had well, the only experience I've had at my job where anyone uh, gave me any flack was a uh, truck driver uh, came in regularly to deliver um, beer and he would, he was pursuing me and he was very interested in me. And I mentioned it to my boss and he said, um, oh, I don't like that. You know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk to him. And I, uh, I didn't want them to do anything. I said, I said, it's okay. I'll talk to him because I started in the restaurant industry and I'm so used to this behavior and it's learned. Um, and they, they took care of it. They right away. They, and I had never had that experience before. So I'm very lucky, but I know the rest of the industry does not, uh, does not take steps like that. Isn't ready for that. So I'm very grateful, but, um, Well, thank you, Kat, for talking with us, and I'm glad that you got that support among uh, your staff. Uh, again, that was Kat from Nod Hill. And uh, Maddie was calling in from Terryville. Maddie, you're on the show. Hi. Uh, so I'm Maddie from Kinsman Brewing. I'm the assistant brewer there, and uh, I just wanted to call in to say that uh, reading all those things from uh, Brienne's Instagram story, it was quite a shock to me because... Where I work, I, I work with very supportive and encouraging coworkers. I honestly couldn't ask for better coworkers. They're so eager to mentor me, teach me new things. Uh, you know, it's just, I love Kinsman. It's great. But uh, I think the best thing to do to combat this sort of uh, sexual harassment, uh, almost like a pandemic, I guess, reading those stories, but... I mean, it has to start local, so you have to start at your own brewery. It's tough to sort of address it from the big picture. But uh, I just feel very lucky that I work with, uh, you know, some great people. So, yeah. Well, thank you, Maddie. I'm glad to hear uh, that you have that support. Uh, before we take a break, uh, I wanted to go to Gabriel and Old Lime. Gabriel, I think you're about to make a great point. Go ahead. Yeah, thank you. Hey, I just want to say, you know, whenever whenever we hear about these kinds of issues, I really think we have to look at moms and dads and the behavior we model. I say that as a parent, uh, addressing it early on, uh, addressing what's right and what's wrong and calling it out. There's a responsibility on us uh, to, to do that before we even get to the society larger picture. Well, Gabriel, thank you for calling in today here on Where We Live. My guests uh, with me, Mariah Billion, taproom manager at Outer Light Brewing in Groton, Connecticut, also co-chair of the Pink Boots Connecticut chapter. This is an organization for women in the brewing industry. 
Heather Wilson's also with us on Zoom, CEO and head brewer at Hop Culture Farms and Brew Company in Colchester, Connecticut. Uh, coming up uh, right after the break, uh, so we've been talking about uh, this reckoning that's happening, uh, breweries and others thinking about how to call out and confront sex, sexist and racist behavior, but we want to hear more about the steps that need to be taken to address these issues. We'll be talking about that right after the break. This is where we live on Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. With us today as we talk about uh, this Me Too moment that the craft beer industry is having in our country. Uh, on the phone, Mariah Billion, taproom manager at Outer Light Brewing in Groton and the co-chair of the Pink Boot Society Connecticut chapter. This is an organization for women in the brewing industry. Heather Wilson's also here, CEO and head brewer at Hop Culture Farms and Brew Company in Colchester. And Jessica Infante has been covering this story. She's a reporter at Brewbound. It's a trade publication based in Newton, Massachusetts. Uh, Mariah, your organization's been meeting with the Connecticut Brewers Guild to talk about steps to address sexual harassment. So talk through some of those conversations. What's next? So we are definitely, um, first and foremost, increasing the amount of times that we meet uh, to talk about things. And um, hopefully eventually, once we get a handle on where we're where we're going and um hopefully less of this behavior happens it'll um be a lot more pleasant but as for right now um we are really just trying to compile resources um we want people to be able to have resources available to them whether it's staff ownership um or customers um and, you know, resources for both women and for men to educate and um, or to educate themselves and learn how to intervene in situations where, you know, maybe one of their peers is making a woman uncomfortable. Um, like, how do I approach the situation as a man? Um, we're kind of trying to put together something um, with some of the organizations in the state. Uh, to end sexual violence and um, and assault. Because, um, honestly, I mean, sexual harassment training, like, it, it, there's a reason it's there, and obviously it's necessary, but it's not enough. Uh, there needs to be additional steps taken. Um, putting sexual harassment training on this situation is just a Band-Aid. It really doesn't take care of the problem. Um we're looking into how we can implement some sort of committee um, and liaison for the board to kind of intervene in these situations and make sure that there's a person there for someone to go to if they feel unsafe at work, if they feel unheard by their, um, by their HR department, if they have one. Um, and if they don't have one, then at least, like I said, they have the resource for this. And, we really want to develop a system for upholding accountability because as we've seen um, people that have been called out by name are being called by the public to take accountability for their actions. And 
you know, uh, tired hands, like the, the owner stepped down and um, obviously everything happening with Connecticut Valley, the employee being let go. Um, there needs to be accountability for these things. It's not just, oh, they did something bad. Um, we won't go there anymore. So, um, I mean, those are just a few of the things we've really just gotten this conversation started. Um, but I'm definitely looking forward to the conversations that we will be having in the coming weeks and further, further on. Heather, I wanted you to, to also uh, give us your take. I know you're on the board of the Connecticut Brewers Guild. Uh, you and I believe another woman, uh, part of the board of directors, the rest of the leadership uh, are men. Are your male colleagues uh, taking this seriously? Yeah, um, they're definitely taking this seriously. I mean, we have a lot of, all, I would, all the men on the board are com, are very um, respectful and supportive of women and, you know, within craft beer. And a lot of these men um, that are on the board and own breweries or in these high level positions have really strong females, um, you know, alongside of them, helping them run these companies. Um, so they're definitely taking it seriously. I know we're working on codes of conduct for uh, brewery employees as well as for uh, patrons coming in. And, you know, we're, we're trying to move fast on this because we don't want to let the conversation die and to let, you know, let everybody know that the guild takes this seriously and has zero tolerance for this behavior. I thought Mariah's point was a good one about, you know, sexual harassment training is important, but, you know, you need more than that. I think in Connecticut, it's mandated. Isn't there a law that mandates that all employers must provide this kind of training, Heather? Yeah, it's uh, mandated once a year. And so what more needs to be done uh, beyond the, the training, as you mentioned, just having keep continuing to have these conversations? I mean, I think it's having the conversations. I think it's when you say zero tolerance, you actually follow through on having a zero tolerance policy. And I think it has to be, um, you know, in the moment, calling people out on their behaviors and holding them accountable. And then I also think it's being intentional about you know, considering and hiring women into position, into, you know, production side, management side of brewing um, to make sure that there's equality amongst, you know, your, your staff and how, you know, who's included in your operations. Uh, Jessica Infante has been with us again. She's a reporter at Brewbound. Uh, before we run out of time, we just have a few minutes, Jessica. These are all uh, small companies that are taking this initiative. But when you look across uh, uh, what's been happening in our country, are you hearing from the big companies that own these smaller breweries and the accountability through management? I haven't really monitored what the, the large breweries have, have been saying just yet because the problem is so concentrated right now in the smaller the smaller breweries. But the Brewers Association, which is the trade trade group that represents craft brewers, there's 8,700 of them in the country. They're starting to host monthly webinars about sexual harassment. The first one was yesterday. And uh, the consultant they brought in brought up some really great points about why this is so bad in the beer industry is that the three industries that have the most harassment complaints are hospitality, retail, and manufacturing, and brewing touches all of those. So it really, uh, it's going to take a lot more than just some statements and some trainings to combat what we're seeing out there and what the women are experiencing.
I think it's really telling. We've been talking about this Me Too moment again. This movement's existed for many years. It gained prominence in 2017. And just now, Jessica, you just said that they're having a webinar now to talk about this in the industry. That's really telling. Yeah, it's it's been a problem for a long time. And, and I think women maybe were a little bit scared to speak up or felt intimidated. And Brienne really opened the floodgates with her Instagram. And I think I hope we're really going to see a sea change. Uh, Sarah shared with us on Twitter, it can't be said enough, the number of microaggressions and biases against women in the brewing industry is daunting. The culture needs to be changed from this white old boys club to be more inclusive and representative of the craft beer market in general. Uh, Heather, we just have a couple of minutes, but we didn't, we haven't talked about this, but even the importance of trying to expand uh, these training programs and, and having it be more diverse. Yeah, um, I'm, you know, as we here, you know, take a look within ourselves and see what we can do better. Um, and I personally feel very tied to um, supporting women on the production side of brewing. I'd love to have more women counterparts. And especially as we talk about our growth plans, you know, bringing females on to be on the production side. So we're going to be, I have, I have a t-shirt that's being uh, produced right now. And it says your mom brews beer because I'm also a mother of three girls and I hope that they will succeed me here one day. Um, and I'm going to use the proceeds from that to support, um, you know, women. And this will be an annual thing to have educational opportunities within craft beer, because I think a lot of times through these different movements, people post a lot and they say a lot of things. But what actionable steps are we taking that is actually going to flip, you know, turn the page? And I want to make sure that we send out a link uh, at where we live on Twitter that there's a new scholarship program at Sacred Heart University for African-American brewers. We'll be sure to share that with our listeners. But I want to thank Heather Wilson, CEO and head brewer at Hop Culture Farms and Brew Company in Colchester. Thank you for talking with us today. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Also, Mariah Billion was here, taproom manager at Outer Light Brewing in Groton and co-chair of the Pink Boot Society, Connecticut chapter, an organization for women in the brewing industry. Mariah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me again. And Jessica Infante, reporter at Brewbound, a trade publication based in Newton, Massachusetts. We'll see where this goes. Jessica, we thank you for your time. Thank you so much for sharing the story. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. Today's show produced by Carmen Baskoff. Kat Pastor is our technical producer. And Hannes Brown composed our theme song. Have a great weekend. Mm-hmm.